says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Praise God. Praise God. And my name is Anna Ervolino. My husband, Joel and I, and a crew of amazing leaders have the privilege of leading this campus of the rock. We are a multi-campus congregation with our main campus in Anaheim, California, um, led by pastors, Jerry and Kimberly Dearman. And it's our total honor to be leading this move of God This is a move of God, and we are preparing ourselves even right now for what God is is bringing us into, what we're already in the midst of, you know, Um, but but what God is preparing us for and what's coming into this region, and we're getting, we're like warriors. We're like getting geared up in the things of God and preparing ourselves because I believe with all my heart that there is a, a harvest coming to the body of Christ that is so significant and, um, Jesus is, and the father is all about people. You ever spend time with God? All, you know, this part, he's just putting people, 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 he's just passionate about you. So dead on what Julie just said. He is so fond of you and he's so fond of so many. So he's drawing people. He's drawing people with, um, in so many ways unto himself. He's pulling them close and we're going to be a place that opens our arms wide to receive the harvest, to be part of ushering in the harvest. And then And you know, when people come into the house of God, sometimes they need some sanctification. I know I did. I thought, Hey, I was raised up in church, but I had some wrong thinking, some stinking thinking, you know, some ways of doing things and some, some things. And God began to wash me and clean me up and say, and I know that you thought that was okay, but I want to show you what the word of God says. And then his light would come through the word. And I would go, Oh, wow. That's not okay. Father, I see that clearly. So we're going to do that for a lot of people. We're going to open the word of God with people. The light's going to come in and he's going to begin to what's called sanctify them to make them like him, to clean them up and, and wash them off. And we're going to just be witnesses of this massive move that's coming. Praise God. I just, and you know, I'm a, I'm the, un likeliest person to be standing in front, um, do having any part of this because I've been running from God almost my entire life. I'm 43 years old and almost, almost my entire life. I have been telling God how he could work through me and how he couldn't. And I would put my guard up and I would say, I will do this, but I will not do that. And in this move that coming down to lead this campus about two years and six months ago, I finally had a moment where God is like, he cornered me and he said, Anna, I'm calling you by name. I am asking you, would you give yourself to me fully in what I'm asking of you? And I had a moment of full surrender where I said, father, not my life. My life was bought at a price. I lay it down willingly that your life could flow through me now. And it has been the most radical two and a half years of my life. And I'm continuing to be expectant of more to come. Let's get into the word. Okay. 
We're going to be in two places this evening, Luke 1 and Isaiah 54. We are starting a new series called Conceiving the Supernatural. Say that with me. Conceiving the Supernatural. And the title of this message is called The Spiritual Intimacy and Singing. A Spiritual Intimacy and Singing. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says this. I'm going to read it to you. Actually, let's read it together out loud. You will see it up here on the screen. So if you don't have the New King James Version, you can follow along there. Ready, go. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now let me read it back to you. Sing, O barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. This is God talking. It's a metaphor. It's not really talking to a barren woman. It's talking to the nation of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. And he was, he is saying to them, I want to do something that has not yet happened. You've never thought of it. And if it's not, but through me, this would be impossible, but this is what you need to do to bring forth that thing. You need to sing break forth into singing. He's using a metaphor of a woman and not just any woman, but a barren woman. Um, and not only a barren woman, but a widow. So she's got two strikes against her, I would say, because she's barren and then her husband has died. So even if she wasn't barren, she doesn't have a husband to make children with. So he's got, we've got a two strikes woman he's talking to. And God is saying to the two striker, I want you to sing because more will be your children than the children of the woman who has all the systems in order, the woman who has the husband and, and the, the 401k and the plan in place and all the things set up. And God is saying, this would be impossible, but I'm going to move on you. I'm going to bring something to pass that would be seemingly impossible without me. But with me, you are more set up for success than the woman who has all the systems in place because you have me. So you look at people. We do this. We look at people. Say if you were barren and as a woman, you would look at other married women and think there's fertile myrtle married to sewing Sam and you would compare your two strike situation. I'm barren and a widow. And you would compare to them. And God is saying, I will break forth. God is saying, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the very situations right now that feel like there is no way this makes no logical sense. I'm barren. I'm a widow. How are you going to break forth and bring life to me? How are you going to give me more children than the married woman. This does not make sense. This is God. God is talking tonight. He will be talking tonight to this message, to those situations. Those of you who think I got strikes against me, how's this going to work out for me? This hasn't worked out in the past. Do you know my history? Do you know my story? And God's saying, I'm coming and I'm speaking to you tonight out of this. I remember when We were in a season at our old, when we lived in Anaheim, we were on staff at the rock there. And I have always, where's my shower singers? Do I have any people that are like, I'm going to record an album because you sound so good in the shower. And then you're like, I could do this. And then 
in church, you're like, no, I can't do this. I have a, my husband is a shower singer. Okay. And he's pretty good. He can, he can keep his tone. He's pretty good. But I remember for a season when I did not hear any song coming out of the shower, like he would be in there and he'd just be doing what normal people do in the shower, getting cleaned up and washing their hair and basic things. But Joel, I mean, normally Joel would be singing in the shower. He would be breaking forth in song. And as his wife, I was a little concerned for that non-singing season because I knew that there is something, there's a key in your song. There's a key to singing. And I, I just knew when Joel was singing, something was happening. And God is almost saying a, that to us through this text. There is something about your singing that is, there's a conceiving that happens through your singing. And I know God is like, he's so awesome to give us these things. You'd think like God would just say, just work really hard. And he's saying, just sing, just break. He's telling the, the Israel, the people of Israel, just sing, break forth into singing. I love the Lord's strategy for verse four says this, do not fear. For you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. He said, I'm coming to fill in the gap. So you might feel there's a void or there's a deficiency. He is saying to us, I am all sufficient. And this other lady might have a husband, uh, uh, but you have me, God is saying. And I can do more with you than all those systems could do for you. You know, back in this day, for a woman to bear children was like the thing. So if you were a woman that had a lot of children, if you, you would, they would say you were blessed, right? This was a woman's blessing to be, have a lot of children. And if you didn't have any children, people would think that there was a curse or there was some reason. And I want to speak right now to women in this room who are single, who have not born child. And I come in the name of Jesus to encourage you tonight that God is saying you are not insignificant because you have not born. And I just knew that I knew as I was studying these notes that God said, remind those women that even were put disgraced back in this day that come under that same feeling of shame today in 2020 that you feel if I don't have children, the same thing flows through us even now that in somehow you're lesser than, or you are not blessed by God. I want to tell you that God is blessing you tonight and bringing dignity to your situation right now. That was a side note, but he, as I study these things, he puts these little things that are on his heart into my heart to share with you. So that is just for you, for whoever that was for. This is why God is saying, I'm going to fix that shame issue. He's saying, I'm going to, he uses the word reproach because that's what would come on women that were barren or couldn't have children. This was a very real thing for them to feel like in some way they were less than. And I would say we still experience that culturally today. Although us people are like, are all those, I'm in the market and they're like, are all those kids yours? I have four kids. And I'm like, what do you think? I just pick up random kids and come to Ralph's who would do that. Yes, they're all mine. Pray for me. No, <laughs> but, but now, I mean, this is a blessing. This is a blessing and motherhood is a blessing. Thank you, Lord, 
for my children, the fruit of my womb, they call him a reward. I thank you that it is a reward, but you're not less than if you have not, because you have the Lord and the Lord is speaking to barrenness, both of womb and dream. And he's doing all sorts of stuff tonight. And he's using this metaphor of a, uh, of a woman, but it's not really a woman that he's talking about. He's talking about barren situations and barren places. And he's saying, you might feel less than, or there might be shame in your barrenness, but I'm coming and I'm going to move on you. And I'm going to cause you to conceive in those barren places. So, you know, it's so neat. Um, God is saying, just like um, this is a, a, a metaphor, and normally barrenness is fixed with intimacy, right? God is saying, just like the intimacy is an encounter for a family, for a woman to have a child, God is saying that there needs to be an encounter with the Lord in order to conceive. It's not a sexual encounter like having children would be, but there's an encounter. There needs to be an intimacy, a connection with the Lord in order to conceive the things that he's trying to bring to pass. And God is saying, sing and worship, encounter me in intimacy through singing and worship, and I will come, and I will cause there to be a, a conceiving of the things that I am wanting to bring out of you. And it starts through an encounter. It starts through um, just like a man and woman would have to have intimacy to conceive. God wants to encounter us to come closer. You have to be close. You know what I mean? The birds and the bees, guys. But God wants to come close to us, but in a, in a different way. He's not talking about conceiving physical children, but he's talking about conceiving the things that he has for you. But it requires an encounter. It requires intimacy with the Lord. And he's saying singing brings you close to me. When we worship God, it says he inhabits the praises of his people. And, and you don't have to do that just in public settings. You can do that in your home. You can break forth into singing in your garage. And it feels like sometimes we reserve that for, we, we like to sing in groups. We like to sing in, in groups with other people. But man, if you've ever broken forth into song just privately with the Lord and just sung a new song to him and just told him that you love him and that he's magnificent, something powerful. That's an encounter. That's an intimate connection. And God is wanting that in order to conceive things through your life. Um, you know, it's so amazing when the word of God kind of connects the dots. So we were studying Isaiah 54 in some leadership meetings, and we were talking about this sing, O barren one, break forth into singing. And then another one of our pastors said, you know, this is kind of reminding me of Luke chapter one. So we started reading Luke chapter one, and we saw the revelation of God coming together through the connection of the word of God, which is so awesome the way he weaves the word to bring revelation to our hearts as things he's speaking. So let's read Luke one, and we'll talk about that. Um, there's a priest named Zacharias, and it was his turn to do um, the duty of the altar of incense. And it says in Luke 1, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you 
you shall call his name John. Now, the, the key here is that Zacharias and Elizabeth are way past, like way, way past childbearing age. So they're old, they're advanced in years, but Zacharias has been calling out for a child. And here the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John, John the Baptist. So then it goes on to say in Luke chapter 21 verse 24. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself For five months saying, thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach. There's that word again, to take away my shame from being barren. The Lord has looked upon me. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in the angel, come, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her the same thing. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. You will conceive. Note that it doesn't say you're conceiving right now. It says you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered her and said to her, the Holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. This is talking about the same thing that we're just talking about in Isaiah 54, that you will encounter, have an encounter with God to conceive, right? This is the same parallel that he's saying, sing, O barren one. Here we have Elizabeth who is barren calling out to the Lord. We have two women in two different situations. We have one who was praying for this miracle and believing. And we have one Mary that didn't even know that God wanted to move this way. And God is saying through these two women, watch what I'm about to do. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy spirit will come upon you. You will have an encounter with the Holy spirit. Therefore also that Holy one who is born is to be born will be called the son of God. We have this, this parallel picture of God coming into the situation and saying, I want to do supernatural things in places that would be seemingly impossible. If I don't touch the situation and come in, we have a barren woman, Elizabeth. We have a young teenager who's not been asking for any of this at all, had no idea that God would even want to move this way. And God is coming to them both. God's word comes as seed. We are born not of corruptible seed, but by the word of God, 
Word of God is seed. This reminds me that it's not just any word. When the word of God comes, it comes to conceive what it is speaking. God is speaking things through his word to bring conception, not to birth it right away, but just to have that thing start to be conceived in you. I remember about, oh gosh, it's been years now. I grew up in the city of Palm Springs. Um, Love that city. When I was about 19 years old, I'm on the mission field in Guadalajara, Mexico. I'm in a group event and a prophet comes from another nation. I do not believe in the gifts of the spirit at the time. I was a little square. I didn't grow up with people, you know, falling over or praying in tongues. This was before those things had been made clear to me. And I received them as the amazing gifts that they are. But at the time I would just sit in the back of rooms when these prophets would come through. So I'm in the way back of the room. Um, and I'm kind of folding my arms, like, a, you know, kind of skeptical to those things. And the prophet literally points at me like over people's head and it's like, you, what's her name? And my, my, the fellow students in the group are like, oh, that's Anna. She's not into this at all. You don't want to talk to her. She does not believe, like they're telling her, telling him, don't talk to her. And he said, no, you stand up. And I'm like, you know, and he says, what city are you from? And I say, I'm from Palm Springs, California. He says, God will give you that city for his glory. And I just sit down like, yeah, right. You know, that's where I was at. So I go home to Palm Springs. I backslide. I don't have a good season in the Lord. And I'm telling you, that is 20 something years ago now. In the last five or six years, God has awakened me back to this vision. And it had been welling up on the inside of me. God, you have something in that city. God, I remember that prophet coming and saying this to me. God, what are you doing with this? In fact, my granddad owned Desert Lock and Key. He was the lock Smith for all of Palm Springs back in the day. Like my dad went to Palm Springs high school. My uncles went to Palm Springs high school. All of us kids went to Palm Springs high school. And my granddad literally had the keys to the city. So spiritually God began awaking me. Anna, there's keys to the city. There's strongholds in that city, homosexuality and gambling and indifference. And there's so many things and he's beginning to give us insight into those things, but I'm not going to move out there. You know what I mean? I'm not thinking like that, but we go to this staff retreat. This is just floating around in my heart. We get in to check into our room that they had assigned to us at the staff retreat. And the, there's a Bible on the desk um, in the room that they assigned us to. And there's a little lamp on over the Bible. And I walk straight up to the Bible. I'm like, oh my gosh, hon, look at our room. It's so beautiful in the word. And, and I open up the Bible and it's right there. And it's at opened up to Psalm 105. And I begin to read it. And Psalm 105 verse 41 says this, open the rock, water will gush forth and flow through the desert like a river. And I was like, it was like the word became a, a seed on it said, cause I mean, we're the name of our church is the rock, right? So I'm thinking it says, open the rock. It's like, take a campus of the rock. It's going to water is going to, and I'm talking living water. We're not talking. I know what the, I know what Psalm 105 is talking about, but God is saying, I'm going to bring living water and it's going to flow and rush 
through the desert, which Palm Springs is a desert. So right there in my heart, the seed began to conceive something on the inside of me through the word of God. The word of God will become like seed inside of you that says, yes, I hear you speaking, God. Yes, I hear you conforming. It might be for a future time. Not all of the word of God is for today. If you're a single woman and you read the word of God and it says, now is the time to bear children. We can conclude now is not the time to bear children because you don't have a husband and we would not advise that as your pastors. Okay. So we can see that the word is yet for an appointed time, but God will begin to conceive those things on the inside of you through his word. And we see him doing that through Elizabeth and Mary's story, the angel comes to her and says, behold, you are going to conceive a child. He's going to be the Christ. You're going to do this. And she's going, what? I wasn't even asking for this. So we see Mary not even asking for this. And we see Elizabeth praying for a child, praying for a child. And God is coming this evening and speaking to two very different situations. I believe there's people in the room who have been crying out to God for various things. And God is saying, I have heard your prayer and I am causing you to conceive those very things. And you think, and some of us think I've been praying. Can you imagine Zacharias? Like how long has he been praying for his wife to conceive? And then behold, he comes and he begins to see God conceive in her womb. Even in her old age, God answered that prayer. And then we have people in the room tonight that you didn't even know God knew you. You didn't even know God knew your name. You couldn't even imagine that he had anything to say to you and wanted to, that's Mary. Mary is from Nazareth. Mary is from a little town. There's probably 40 families at most in the town that she's from. She's a teenager. She's not thinking to ask these kinds of things of God. And God is coming to this seemingly insignificant woman who has no idea what God wants to do. And he's proclaiming to her, you're significant. And I want to do things. You ever feel like that? Like, I don't even, I didn't even know to pray this way, God. But then when God begins to reveal to you the level of how and what he has for you, it will blow your mind. And you didn't have to be praying for it. I think that's what I realized from this story. You don't even have to be clued in all that God wants to do. You have to worship him. You have to begin to sing to him and he will bring his word to conceive in you the very things that he knew he made you for. The things before the foundations of the earth that he formed you to accomplish and to rule and reign. You know, I love that the angels come, but you know, angels don't have any dominion on earth. They come and bring the word and they speak it to us to humans who have been given all authority on heaven and earth to do these things and bring these things, bring the word of the Lord into the earthly realm and to see it happen. But the angels are just bringing forth Gabriel saying, Hey, this is about to happen. This is what I'm telling you. And then Mary had to receive that word and listen to this. Praise God. This is like how God is explaining it. This is how I do the supernatural. First, it must be conceived in you. You have to know it's for you. You have to, when I heard that word about open the rock, water will gush forth. 
I knew that God was speaking to me clear as day. It was being conceived in me that there would be a appointed time and that somehow, I don't know how, we would be a part of opening a rock campus in the Coachella Valley. It doesn't mean I'll get to go out there and live and do it, but it's something that God was bringing to me so I can say to my leaders, I believe there's coming an appointed time that we need to get our feet on the soil of the Coachella Valley, because I believe that revival is going to hit out there, that the living water is going to flood the desert. And so you just receive the word as a human so that you can help usher these things into reality. So God will begin to say, Hey, I've been speaking to you and I want to confirm to you and you need to speak this out because I'm wanting to do this through you, through your family line, through your business, through a relationship that God will begin to bring it to the humans who have been given authority to walk these things out and see them manifest on earth. Are you with me? Are you with me? Yes. Um, So Mary says, now, Mary's kind of like, now, how's this going to happen? The angel goes on to tell Mary, you have a relative. You know, Mary and Elizabeth are relatives. And the angel goes on to explain to Mary, you have a relative who has had a supernatural conception. Your relative, Elizabeth, is with child. And, And this has happened for her. It's different than yours, Mary, because she has a husband. But here's God addressing these two different types of people. Um, the barren woman that now has a child and, and those who haven't even asked for it. And, and God is just saying, sing out and receive things you didn't even know that I wanted to do in and through you just begin to sing. And and these things are going to begin to be revealed to you. So in verse 36, it says this, let me go back up. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. You will have an encounter and there the also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So this is what happens. So, um, so the angels telling this to Mary and then it's saying that, um, right away, Mary's receiving this word. She's hearing about her relative Elizabeth. That's having the same sort of supernatural encounter. And, um, we, we see Mary's response. It's kind of like the same response that Jesus had that I talked about last week in the garden of Gethsemane, where he said, man, if there's no other way for this cup to pass, unless I drink it, let it be Lord to me, not my will, but yours be done. And that's the same thing that Mary responds in. It says in verse 36, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. In this moment, this is kind of like Mary's moment of saying, not my will, but yours be done. She's calling herself a maidservant of the Lord. And she's kind of like accepting this, this, and she's receiving this word to her heart that says, I want to do this, even though you didn't ask for it. Even Mary, you didn't even see this coming that the angel is declaring it to her. And she finally responds and says, behold, here I am the maidservant of the Lord. I had no idea. This is a teenager from Nazareth, insignificant woman, had no idea. And she's receiving this word and her response is, here I am. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be to me 
according to your word. And it says the angel departed from her. And then it says, now Mary arose right away. It says she arose in haste right away and went off to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house. She, she got this word from the Lord that says you will conceive. And she got this word in her heart. And then the angel said, Hey, there's something supernatural happened down the way with Elizabeth, your relative. And Mary knew I got to get in the atmosphere. I got to get in the atmosphere. When you get the word of the Lord and God is speaking on to you and he's beginning to transform your heart, you got to get around other people who are encountering the supernatural and going after the things of God and will stir up faith in your heart to believe God because nothing worse than getting the Lord is speaking to you. You're getting faith in a situation. You go around the doubters, you know how to, that's crazy. How's God going to do that? You know, I have groups of people that as soon as God is beginning to speak to me about something, I get in the atmosphere of those who just says, Oh, let it be Lord. According to your word. Oh God, we believe that you can do great abundant, exceedingly abundant things through ordinary people. So Mary knew this and she said right away, she got out of that country and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. She got out of her current environment. She went to someone with a testimony of a conception miracle. She got in that atmosphere. She went into an atmosphere of faith to be around that. And then it says this, and it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, as soon as Mary walked into the house, she greeted Elizabeth. And it said that there's a text that talks about how Elizabeth's baby had not really been active in the womb. And then it said, as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, it said the babe left in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then right away, the Holy Spirit, remember we're talking about that encounter with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the spirit begin to flow. So Elizabeth right away begins to prophesy into Mary's heart. And she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And then, you know what happens here? So there's these two women experiencing the supernatural movement, Elizabeth, old in age, God is fulfilling his promise. Mary, no idea, but she's relinquished her rights and saying, I am the maidservant. Let your vision, let your, um, your promises flow through me. I'm willing Lord to let this flow through me. These two women get in the room together. The Holy spirit begins to flow. Elizabeth prophesies into Mary's heart. And then it says, Mary goes straight into what, what do you think she does? She's saying, It says in your text, maybe even in your Bible, at the heading of that portion, um, there in Luke 1, a song of Mary. And Mary begins to sing a song. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my father. For he has regarded 
the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And it says Mary remained there with Elizabeth for about three months. So the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth, and then she prophesied to Mary. And then it says a song comes forth. And we believe that that conception happened there that that Mary conceived not when the angel said it will happen but when she began to sing out and she received the prophetic word there it came to her that that seed that was the messiah that she would bring forth a teenager does not talk like this when have you heard a teenager sing oh the lord magnifies my soul within me this is a woman who realizes this is something holy God is doing something in and through my life. She's a teenage young lady. She's from Nazareth, 40 families in her town. She's from an obscure place, an unknown family. And God begins to speak to her. She's saying, I didn't even know God knew who I was. He knows who you are. He knows every detail of every life in this room. You're not obscure to the Lord. He's not forgotten that any of the details of your life, he is trying to bring conception to your heart. He's trying to cause you to conceive the supernatural in your life, the things that are impossible apart from him. Oh, but with him, all things, it says it in the text, all things are possible with God. There's people here in the room that think you don't know my situation. You don't know how many years my child has been the wrong direction. You don't know how many years I've been crying out for that family member to be free from that bondage. But God is looking for people. Doesn't mean you birth it right away. You let that thing be conceived in your heart through intimate encounter. You take it to him in worship. You just go and shut the door and sing a song like Mary. Oh, magnify the Lord. We think this is, God is giving us a key. I preached a message in the summer called the key of song that God has given us these keys like a, a duplicate set of keys. Like only Joel and I share the same set of keys. We have the house key, the car key can light the ignition. You know, we share that duplicate and through God's word, he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You have a duplicate set of keys as I do. And singing is one of those keys. We see it with Paul and Silas grown warrior men in the prison, crying out in song to God. I'm speaking to the men right now. We can sometimes feel like we reduce the singing to the girls, right? They can shower, sing, they can make a good tune, but I'm speaking to the men. The greatest song warrior was David. He was a warrior, a mighty man. There's Paul and Silas, like I just said, sitting in a prison cell. They weren't strategizing and being all like buffed out, like how are we breaking out of here? They're singing to the Lord. They're calling on his name. They're magnifying his name. All great and mighty are you. You are greatly to be praised. Nothing is impossible for you, but you can say it in a singing voice. I don't want to clear the room right now with my singing voice, but Mary didn't even know that God knew who she was, that he would even consider her. And then the angel comes to her and announces it. 
we human beings have dominion on this earth and God is trying to cause some things to be conceived on the inside of you so that you'll bring it to pass in your family line, in those situations, in those bondages. He's saying, I want to conceive some things on the inside of you, Gallego's family. God is falling on you. He is conceiving over you supernaturally the dreams that he has shown you. Don't you think that he has forgotten you? He is dignifying you. You will stand before people as the proclamation of the goodness of God that you didn't doubt when it seemed like time had tarried. God is calling you into that moment and the things that, oh, it's time to bring it forth. It's on the inside of you. Do you receive that to your hearts right now? I speak that over you. God knows exactly who you are. We conceive spiritually first, then physiologically, right? We have to receive it there. Mary had to say, oh, let it be Lord to me, according to your word. Here I am your maidservant that you would even consider me and hear this teenager from, where did I say? Nazareth, 40 families. Didn't even know he knew her name brings forth Messiah. God wants to do extraordinary things through you. I feel strongly that some have really disqualified themselves really clearly, just talked themselves out of things that have you've been revealed to you of the, the, the magnitude of your influence in your families and the places God has put you. And I want to encourage you that God does not see you as insignificant or obscure in the grand scheme of things. He's looking for a people that will allow their intimate encounter with the father to bring a conception that will birth significant things into the earth, into the world that God is going to fall and use you. He has to conceive so you can bring it forth. Now we're not talking tonight about birth. I'm sure our pastor will get to that in this series, but tonight we're talking about singing and conceiving the supernatural. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He's doing something, even with those of us who feel insignificant. Like, who am I? And that's what she's saying. Who am I among women that you would consider me in this lowly state and want to work through me? And God is saying, that's a kind of his, I feel like it's kind of his end time plan. He's taken like the, the weakest of us. It was so sweet in our Bible study. My mom this past week um, said that she was like, when she was born again, she thought, how did I get to be born again? why do I get to be one of the blessed ones to find salvation? And then she read that scripture that says he, he uses the foolish things. And she thought, oh, that's how I am. But oh, what a humble state to then think, oh, he falls in the, uses the foolish to confound the wise. I think he's using weak vessels. I think we've thought we had to have it all together and we had to have our systems and you had to have all your ducks in a row and have a husband and have this in order to be worthy to conceive. And God is saying, I came and I want to show you through two women, two women, two very different stories that I don't need your system. I don't need you to have measured up. I don't need you to be perfect. You could have failed year after year after year. I am God almighty and nothing will be impossible for me. Your job 
is to sing. That's awesome. So let's do it tonight. Let's sing a little bit. You want to come, Aaron? And Our pastor, he wrote a song and he sang that, but I'm not doing that. I'm not singing in front of you. But let's stand to our feet. And we're going to seal this message. And we're going to sing a new song to the Lord. And we're going to let a song arise from within us. When I, I mean, I will kind of demonstrate. Sometimes when I'm, how do we do this? We're just alone in our places. And we just begin to sing a new song to the Lord. Why don't you just lead us, Aaron? Just sing out like a new song and invite. We're going to invite you just in this posture, of, in this atmosphere of worship just to, to sing out before the Lord. Just begin to open your mouth and audibleize your praise. You could just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. However it is, just let it well up from the inside of you, this song in your heart. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are. I know that you've been faithful to me. Oh, you've been faithful to me. I've never regretted saying yes to you. Thank you for being faithful. You are the love of my life. You are the love of my life. There's no one else for me but you. Thank you that you haven't forgotten about my needs. Oh God, I come into alignment with your will right now. Thank you, thank you. Thank you that you're not done with me. Thank you that you're not tired of making miracles for me. Thank you that you're not weary of loving me. Someone needs to let it well up on the inside of them. There's just a resistance. And and this isn't us trying to um, force emotion. God has given us a strategy and a key for allowing you. You know, this week I had never, I had received the word of God about this prophetic word for the, the region. You know, God is not asking us to pastor churches. He's saying, pastor cities, begin to see cities that God would give you to begin to call out people that are not just in your churches begin to. So when he said Palm Springs, I'm thinking, how's that going to work? But I had never sat before him. So I was in my office and I'm studying this message and I just began to sing out over that region. I sing out over this region too, but I just began to Receive the prophetic word of the Lord for that vision that he'd given me. I had never done that, and it was really precious. So for a vision right now, for those of you who have a vision from God or something he's shown you in past seasons that you haven't seen come to pass the way you thought it would, that's the kind of thing that we're believing God to break forth and conceive in those areas. So let's call. Let's continue to press in a minute longer to his presence. and. 
So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we worship you tonight. We call out over you to come into those areas that are, are in our hearts, God, that you've revealed to us, God. We sing out over those places, God. Thank you for revival. Thank you for your spirit, God, falling afresh on us. worship team to come back up. I feel like I want to go out of here singing, trading my sorrows because I felt like when we were singing that song, it was like we were doing a great exchange. I'm giving, I'm laying down my pain. I'm, I'm giving, I'm exchanging with you my sorrow for your joy. He's saying, let me take that from you and let me give you joy. I'm taking my pain and I'm receiving your healing tonight. So God is at work among us. So let's go out of here triumphant. He's given us a key. And if you would continue to sing, you will begin to sing.